Rush nerds unite. It's the Ludini Rock and Rush Podcast. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. Welcome back, everybody. Ludini Rock and Rush Podcast. Uh, we do this once a month. We gather in harmonious love and celebration for yes. all the greatness in the world that is yes. Rush. Indeed. And um, so that's what we do. It's a giant Rush celebration once a month here in the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Uh-huh. Want to find out more about Ludini Rock and Roll Circus? Go to ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Find us on rockrageradio.com. Download the free app. And please don't forget to patronize Wolf's Customs. Okay. Um, yes, once a month we have decided on the Ludini Rock. Yep, we're just going to kind of get into Rush because we're such giant Rush nerds. That we are. And I uh, don't see uh, I see spotty content like this, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also see um, a lot more content like this uh, geared towards this super serious. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah, aren't yeah, yeah. serious about anything. We're serious about Rush, yes, but we we but obviously we make an effort to keep it laugh. Yeah, lighthearted, make yes. make rude jokes and right. Stuff like that. Yeah, of course. So we do it. We did it all. It's like our you way. are just sitting in Ludini's uh, uh, living room, and we're we're just BSing, having a beer or two. That's exactly what this is like. Yes, we're serious. And talking about the greatest band that ever was ever right? band that ever happened. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. I know. You are right. It's, it, it's the truth. Rush. <clears throat> okay, so uh, what we you know we're going around the uh, band where we'll talk about Getty Lee at some point. But sure, sure, we did sure. Neil Peart. Sure, we did Neil Peart. Uh, we talked no, about Neil Peart, and so we're going to get into Alex Lifeson today. Just to kind of tell you some interesting stuff about about his life. Ah, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, and I'm looking for a title. I haven't titled it yet. Hmm. I I started with ten things you probably didn't know about uh, Alex Lifeson, but maybe I just might call it a whole bunch of shit you didn't know about Alex Lifeson. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna do get into the give like his little bit of his story but then i want to discuss uh i have some lists okay of best riffs oh sure best solos oh, i already have it iconic guitars yeah and his favorite not rush songs his oh okay songs that he oh, liked, the, the, he's Alex, done yeah. okay okay yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Yes. i didn't know it was his personal favorites yes yeah, some of his personal favorite songs that he likes just He's like a not vocal, not song, songs that the Rush does, vo- low vocal band yeah, yeah stuff that stuff that Rush does not play you okay know, stuff, yeah right. play. so I'm songs that he grew up listening to that he really I'm getting it so we're gonna get into we're gonna we're gonna hit into that but I'm gonna start with Mr Pittsburgh is with us today yeah. what's up hey everybody and uh, Mr Pittsburgh is um, <laughs> I'm honky honky's I'm not here honky. honky will not uh, miss a Rush podcast no man honky he, it's his favorite band too so uh, Miss, but Mr. Pittsburgh is uh, one of the reasons why I am the Rush you know yeah. freak that yeah. I am hey, is because I did something right in my life yes, huh? yes, yes, yeah, yes, he, yes, yeah, yes raised yes. on you know Journey has that song raised on album raised on radio yep. ours is raised on Rush raised on Rush that'll be the name of that album raised on Rush there you, I like it by Ktel. Raised on Rush. No, <clears throat> okay, so what do we go? So yeah, I know you have some. Stuff I got some stuff. shit here. I got some serious funny shit here. All right, so Alex Lifeson, lead guitarist of the rock band. I use that term rock band very lightly. Rock band Rush. But did you know? I don't know if you know this, Lou. 
But Alex Lifeson. I I did not know that. Alex Lifeson. Not his actual name. Not his God-given Christian name. I know his real name. Go ahead. It's Ignaz Konstermansky. Well, I think, folks, that's all we need to talk about here. (laughs) That's very close, though. So, Alexander Jivojinovic. I think you're leaving out a syllable. No, no. Jivojinovic. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, it's did like I, did I mispronounce it? I'm sorry. You got no, no. When you first did it, you left. You just yeah, you left out one of the syllables. One may, you may have left out. A, you may have left out a couple syllables. I've, I've been drinking this root beer and I'm well plastered. It's a fucked up name, and that's why I changed it's, it. Well, those <laughs> Irish names, you know, Jivo Jinovic. All right, so uh, Alexander was born 27 August 1953. For those of us here in the United States, it was August 20. 7th, 1953. Uh, he is, I don't know if you know this, he's a Canadian mu- musician best known as the guitarist for the rock band Rush, like I said. Get out of time. I'm not kidding Mr. Pittsburgh. I'm not. What hey, are you hey, talking hey, about? Hey, I would shit you not. So, uh, 1968, Alex co-founded a band that would later become Rush with drummer John Rutsey, now listen to this, and bassist and lead vocalist Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones. So, uh, Jones was later replaced by Giddy Lee. Uh, He's all washed up. He's working on a painting. At. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, John Rutsey was replaced by Neil Peart in 1974. So, if somebody asks you who is the only actual original member of Rush, it would be our boy Alex. Alex. It's his band. Yes. Yeah, it's his band. I think he should have most uh, most say in yeah. you know what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, those other guys just hold him back his whole yeah. career. So with Rush, uh, Alex played guitar as well as other various stringed instruments, such as mandola, mandolin, Mandalorian. Is that like the mandola? Is that like the mandola effect? It is the mandola effect. (laughs) And the bazooki. What the? Lou? And the bukaki. Not the bukaki. (laughs) He got got bukaki on his bazooki. Oh my God. Oh my God. No. We'll let it disimpose. He also performs backing vocals in live performances. <laughs> Stop it. As well as the studio albums Rush from 74, Presto 89, and Roll the Bones 91. He occasionally plays keyboards. And what? Yeah, do you believe that? Get For the all the fu- bitching I knew that guy did, sucked. I knew he sucked. Bitching he did. Play goddamn keyboards. Get their keyboards. Get out of goddamn keyboards. Keyboards are bullshit. bullshit. And bass, <laughs> and bass pedal synthesizers. Yeah, that was what was crazy that about was both those guys yeah. who did, did that. Yep, exactly. That was, uh, you know, wonder what that conversation was. Hey, we're doing way too much stuff in the studio. How are we going to fix this? <laughs> they did a pretty good job. They did. I mean, there were definitely things uh, up until you got to the age with the computer and stuff where they could uh-huh. sequence um, or what's the word that I want? Uh, sample stuff or whatever. Right, sample and, uh, and yeah. everything. But all through their. When let me step back here. It's 70s and 80s when they were using synths. They did a pretty good job of playing that stuff. Live, live right? even though they couldn't always make it all the sounds, but it was yeah, like, but it was damn, pretty damn close. Yeah, it was like it was impressive, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, along with his bandmates Getty and Neil, Lifeson was made an officer of the Order of Canada. 
on May 9th, 1996. Blame Canada! Yeah, the trio was the first rock band to be so honored as a group. How about that? And, of course, uh, a day I had been waiting for. In 2003, he was inducted with Rush into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Blah, 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 blah. I love blah, 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 You know what? Blah, 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 He does fancy himself a bit of a comedian. Yeah. Oh, he's the funny one. Oh, he's the funny one, eh? Uh, Lifeson was ranked 98th on Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time, which brings us around to what we constantly say he's totally underrated. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the bulk of Lifeson's work in music has been with Rush, duh. Although Lifeson has contributed to a body of work outside the band as well, including the solo album titled Victor, which I have. Oh, I can't remember the song I really like. It's been a while since I listened to it. Aside from music, Lifeson has been a painter. Well, well, you know, you have to have a backup gig, and if somebody's house needs painted, you there know, just you call are. Alex. He, he'll do it for you. Uh, a licensed aircraft pilot, and then after you get your house painted, you want to go somewhere, you just go, just have him fly you someplace. An actor. So maybe you just don't want to I don't have a funny thing for an actor. <laughs> and the former part owner of a Toronto bar and restaurant called The Orbit Room. Well, there you go. So there's some of our things about Alexander Zivojinovic. Um, he, w- w- one thing you left out was yes. uh, he was a snot-no-shit uh, of a kid at one a time. Snot-nosed little yeah. punk. We'll be completely out of debt. And like just from the money we'll be making. Like, you know, each, it'll be... $80 a night that we'll be making. And yeah, and that's all right with me. You know, it's easy to be optimistic when you have a security. This is all you can find this on um, YouTube. This is, he's sitting at, a, uh, somebody filmed this. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was for some television. Yeah, it was a documentary some... about the Canadian youth at the time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so, and Alec is kind of like doing the, you know, the bratty teenage kind of I want to go kind of, out I want to be in a band I don't want to go to school yeah he was yeah. like he was going to get all this stuff and his father's trying to talk sense into him they are a pretty they seem like a pretty loving family his father yeah, never really you gets tell he's, he's yeah, very concerned yeah he's, he's more concerned he's not trying to crush his son's dreams right you know and, and obviously and this is a generation I believe that they are of the Holocaust survivor generation. They were. They came over so, from. from so yeah. They've got this kid who's got long hair and wants to play weird music that, like, right. don't fucking understand. Right. <laughs> you know, so to them, this is way the fuck out there. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they wanted him to finish school, so if the music thing didn't work out, he could at least fall back on something he would have an education and he can maybe find a, a real job. <laughs> but thank goodness Alex did not listen. He stuck to his guns. And uh, went on to form a band like no other. So there you go. And they call themselves Tenacious D. <laughs> Hello. I don't. I don't think that's what they called themselves. I know. But anyway, do you know that song by Tenacious D? <clears throat> um. Uh, yes. It, it, the video is like he's they're walking through some winter Viking land uh-huh. and they get you know it's it's crazy. I'll play it for you another okay. time. This is about Rush. This That's about right. Tenacious D. Sorry. So we'll get we'll, sorry. See this sorry, is what happens. We die. Sorry, digress. Rush. Sorry, sorry, Rush. Sorry, sorry, Alex. But we love Alex Lifeson. Um yeah. <clears throat> underrated. Um I think under 
talked about. Yes. Overshadowed. Sure. By um, the two other guys in the band. Right. Um, because they were just, you know, you've got the greatest rock bass player, arguably, mm-hmm. in a lot of people's lists, sure. and the greatest rock drummer. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the guitar player, man, like, you know, like, that's tough. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a tough gig. That's yeah. a tough gig. That's yeah. a tough gig. You know. <clears throat> but Alex is a, uh, I think, a brilliant guitar player and covers a lot of different areas and sounds and... um it's he isn't by no means like some kind of like one trick pony it's not like those guys are doing all this stuff and every time they go to Alex he's just like playing like a drumming or we're just playing like a Jimmy Page riff or something you know like he can really you know he's he tries to roll with them right you know and and I and I you know I think he'd probably be the first to say that he'd learned a lot working with those guys oh they made him a much better musician you know they've sort of you know brought him through that um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he's an amazing um, musician you know and he was in an awesome position to work with those those guys um, I just um, <clears throat> it's going to be a tough gig that's all that that's going to be for guitar player you know I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't play yeah. that gig <laughs> right yeah wow <laughs> I'd walked into there but, uh, no <laughs> oh no no yeah no. I, I formed this band and still no <laughs> but um okay so let's jump into a few fun things here. Okay. So, I'm going to ask you, Mr. Pittsburgh. Sure. Um, what you think Alex's best riffs are? Man, there's, there's so many. I like... You know, let's go all the way back to Working Man. There you go. Yeah, that's one. That is definitely one. Um, um, limelight, the opening, the limelight. Right, and it's not. You know, I never really noticed. This is how good this. This is how good this band is. I never noticed this until somebody pointed it out. That it's not the same riff just over and over again. There are subtle differences between them. Yeah. You know, the opening, I'm like, oh, that's what makes it so memorable. Your brain catches that, and you're like, that's not the same, but it, mm. it's like the same, but like different. But different and that's what catches it. That rush is like that with a lot of their stuff. And a lot of it is Alex, too. Um,. Just playing something out of the ordinary. Just I love one note. Oh yeah. I I think that that's a great riff. I mean, you know, I think that, that kicks exactly. my ass. That's, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, there, there's a lot of good ones. This is from uh, Ultimate Classic Rock. Okay. And you may we could talk about these. You know, mm-hmm. would, you know, it doesn't have to be a. We're just putting. We're just floating it. We're just throwing stuff at we're you. Run Whatever it up. sticks to the wall. We're sorry about yeah, that. We'll, yeah. we'll scrape yeah. it off later. Run it up the flagpole. See if anybody salutes it. That's yeah, all I we will. Can, let's see what we can do. So this is not a. This is on this list. Even though, and the author, I was afraid for a second. Maybe the author doesn't realize this is not a rush <laughs> song. But he knows. He knows. He knows. Yeah, he, yeah, knows yeah. he knows. I think it's very yeah. cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. <clears throat> it wouldn't be on my list. 
I would put. Um, yeah. uh, Again, not a Rush song. It's a, it's a the Who. Yeah, it's a Who, a Who song, song. But even then, like I, I think that um, closer to the heart mm-hmm. is an amazing riff. That's acoustic. Mm-hmm. That's a that's iconic. Right, the second right. that starts, you know exactly what it yep, is. Exactly. Um, then there's so many other ones that like. So I I don't agree with this one being on yeah, list. No. It's cool. Yeah, and yeah. I, and yeah, I do. I'm not gonna take away from I think Alex. that it has real. I think it's really vicious. I mean, he's really hitting them strings. Like he's mm-hmm, really into mm-hmm. it. It's yep. right in there. Yep. The po- he's right in the pocket. His kicks ass. <clears throat> um, and I agree with that part of. It, but I I would not put it on a list of uh, best Greatest, Alex yeah, lives and yeah. riffs. Uh, this is one. This album was a revelation to me when I got this record. I was oh, blown yeah. away. Yeah, really. Great. But so, do you wow. hear the line drawn between the Seeker, uh huh, uh huh, that opening and the yeah, opening yeah, to this say, one? That's very reminiscent. Um, hmm. I think that uh, it's like very obvious that he is influenced by Pete Townsend. Oh, I mean, the it's attack. Very, you can yeah. hear the attack. Well, the even strings. though even the way those chords are, that's exactly yeah. something the Who would oh, exactly. would do. You know, yeah. the Who would do. The Who would do. The Who would do. Who would do. It was long after midnight when we got to. Uh, yeah, great, yeah. great, great riff on that. This is a song that I did not know of until today. Okay, it takes a second for the guitar to kind of kick in on this. So this is some, uh, fast forward, you know, noodling around a little bit with yeah, you know sounds and studio sure. and. Okay, this is one of those. Where it's almost a minute, but it's Rush. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. That's that's some fucking that heavy is. riff. Yep. Yep. I was brought up to believe the universe has a plan. We are only human. It's not ours to understand. The universe has a plan. I'll just go to Yeah, that's yeah, great. That's go. that kicks some fucking. It just reminds me. I have so many DVDs and Blu-rays of Rush and stuff. And there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And um, <clears throat> you know, Alec will just be sitting in the studio or, or sitting somewhere with his guitar, and he'll just be noodling around. And it's a riff that you're just like, where did that come from? How did he like that? That riff right there would have yeah. been something he was just like sitting there, you know. It's very cool. It's very cool. Um, this is one I grew up with, and uh, I, yes, the, the, yes. I remember hearing this <clears throat> on WDVE, and to being like, "Holy crap!" Mm-hmm. Start that again. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. 
that's pretty mm-hmm. sick. Mm-hmm. It's not as distorted as you would think. There are two guitars, though. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Very cool. I like how it goes up the... It goes up a whole step. Uh-huh. That's yep. the change. Instead yeah, of like yeah. just going to the four chord or something, they decided to do something different. It's really effective. That this would have been a great song for Iron Maiden to cover. Oh yeah, they would have. They that's would. They right would, after Alley. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right after Alley. Been really kind of cool uh, yeah. nod to Rush. Yeah, um, from Caress of Steel, mm-hmm. uh, Bastille Day. Yeah, uh, and of course we talked about this, but uh, yes. why not? That's that's yeah. sick riffage. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, to man. Him. I mean, I this it's hard to pick. I mean, these guys picked up just a handful here, yeah. just to, you know, top five of their favorite riffs by. Uh, <clears throat> but there are, as we I think we're pointing out that there are so, so many amazing many ones. Other ones, yeah, yeah. What? Why don't you uh, comment and let us know what are some of your favorites? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um. All right. Next in line is best so- solos, dude. Like Han uh, solos. <sighs> wow. So what would we have? So then, so yeah. this is his favorite, I believe. Yeah, it's also mine. Is um is the uh, limelight solo? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, trying to play. That's We're trying to play. Yeah, yeah, back in yeah, yeah. Yep. He just keeps holding that note with the whammy bar. Uh, 
And then Eddie Getty comes back and sings. Two That's things about this. Um, <clears throat> Chris Shiflett, who is uh, one of the guitarists in Foo Fighters. Chris Shitfit. That's <clears throat> not Shitfit. He did, uh, on his podcast, his very first guest was Alex Lifeson. It was very cool. Get out of town, yeah. Mr. Bitchburg. Yeah, it was very cool. That's incredible. But to open the podcast, Chris sat down and learned that solo. And he videotaped himself learning it. So you get to understand just how special that solo is because he's like, wait, that's that's not right. Let me try this and stuff like that. And it, and, and just the feeling, the feeling. Now, the other thing is I found it uh, kind of amazing. I found out that uh, he was asked on the podcast about this solo and he didn't just sit down and play the entire solo all at once. It's actually um, a composite of about five different solos it's that he worked on together. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm like, oh, what? You know what? <laughs> Great job! Great job! Well, <clears throat> that is um, not unheard of at all. Oh, sure. There's a lot sure. of guys who do that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, Def so Leppard has entire albums that are made. That, yeah, right. <laughs> the entire song. Is, you know, yeah. so. <laughs> uh, here's here's another great one right here. This is amazing. But let's fast forward. That isn't really even the solo. Yeah, right. This there is, it is. There it is. Check. I mean, that's some great guitar playing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that's on par with any of those um, big 70s rock icon, like Peter Frampton or Ted Nugent or any of those guys. I mean, that's like right. That's total guitar hero stuff right there. So to me, so to so to the uh, uneducated musician that has what I would call like a Middle Eastern feel to it or maybe an Indian feel to it. Now, you you are a learned man. Is there a reason why that, like, is he using different notes? Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, I can't remember what scale he's doing. I think it's like, it's like a, um, uh, like a harmonic minor stuff, I think might be in there. I'm, I don't hold me, I'm not exact sure, but I hear that sort of sound. Um, but it has, but it is, it is, there are different scales. Yeah, there's different scales that you would play against a, uh, bass line like that that would yield that sort of, sort of Middle Eastern kind of, vibe and which he was absolutely he said i've heard him say he was definitely going for that yeah, um yeah, very kid cool. gloves from grace under oh, pressure yes yes um interesting yeah that's a great riff yeah it is um very reminiscent of another guitar player oh uh, uh, uh johnson right i was thinking andy summers oh well yeah there you go they're all in that same vein Coming up. Oh, yeah. 
that yeah, chorus cool. unit um, that you're he- hearing on that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was on a lot of records. Uh, it was uh, Alex um, was like the, this was has said this is a huge part of his sound, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but um, Eddie Van Halen sure used it a lot. Uh, Steve Lukather. It's on tons and tons and tons. Mm-hmm. And I just saw like, um, uh, I think it was on Mike Nielsen's channel on YouTube. Uh, he got, he had one that was malfunctioning. He sent it off to somebody who finally found somebody like in, right. in Japan or something who really I knew what he was doing. You. Yeah, and the guy did a like completely like refurbished it, you know? Wow, nice. And so they were talking about all the songs <laughs> and the artists that have, that have, uh, that have used it. it. But that's a, that's, that's that thing. Like he was like, it would, that was sort of like Alex's, you know, I don't leave home without it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, yep. Yep. uh, thing he did. He, he used that on a lot of stuff. Uh, very cool. Uh, solo. Um, I, um, I heard him talking about this solo saying that, you know, he, this was like, it, different than mm-hmm. limelight solo in the sense that he was really wanted to take a more kind of devil may care kind of approach to it. And he says, he feels a solo has uh has like a sense of humor. To right. It. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. You know, yeah. Very, very, and you, you know, the cat has a range as so he does a lot of different stuff. I mean, go, we, we listen to the, all the different riffs, Right. Mm-hmm. And right. how, you know, well, now listen to the solos and they're all just as, you know, yeah, yeah. interesting. Very, um, very. This is uh, from a, uh, this is from an album from set 1978 called Hemispheres La Via Stranziato. Uh, the working man solo. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that will play. It looks oh, like it's. It has to be here somewhere, come on, dude. Come on now, dude. Come on, source. Come on, dude. internet. You can do it. Okay, we can. This is very simple to do. Come on, working man. 
guitar solo. Okay. Come on, internet. Yinsky, do it. Uh, what we actually have is a lot of people teaching you how to yeah. play. Wow. The working man guitar solo. And this for the source for the for the sake of brevity. That's right. Um, and twenty one twelve. Oh boy. I always love that. from a recent recording of them um, just the three of them playing in the studio right, right. Um, his sound was switching around on that I've seen this, I've seen the, these recordings before mm-hmm. and um, so I had a couple I wanted to ask you a question okay what you thought all right do you think that he's got there's a tech there switching his sounds or do you think I was all done in post um, are you talking about the, what we're watching right what now? What we just watched. Now. There's there's a whole series. I don't know if, oh, it's that's a, a good question. if it's a DVD or something, but like there's a whole series where, well, that other one we, we watched um, was from the same thing. Well, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of these up here was from the same thing. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, his, you can hear his tones, his sound switching and different yeah. effects coming off and on. And I was just kind of curious if you thought, does he, because, you know, because I know that they do that. They uh, sequence that and uh-huh. the guys backstage you know right. facilitating some of that as well uh, when they play live I was just wondering if there if you thought that or I maybe, think that's I think or, they're actually switching as they're performing okay just just curious what you thought about but that yeah, he, the um, musician and me like that, that that sound each distinctive sound means something so if it wasn't if I'm playing it and it's not happening would I still have that same feel you know so that's why I wonder I, I have heard that it. I've heard that um, uh, debated 
Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that debate of people well, saying that that's not true. Sit there and play an acoustic yeah, guitar to owner of a lonely heart. I agree. Fix I, agree. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. I um, agree. Yes. Yes. I I'm the same way too. I feel like I'm playing to the sound as well. Exactly. You know. Yeah. But yeah. there's people who say you know they don't feel that that's what's happening. And it, it, in any case, let's talk about um, moving on to uh, his iconic guitars. Oh yes. Because, you know, we don't really care anything about guitars here at all. No, nah, right? just a little. No, nah, not even a little bit. So this is a fun page. This is from uh, guitarlobby.com. Okay, then. And they do a kind of thing to try to give you the guitar and mm-hmm. kind of like the era in which oh, okay. it, was it was most uh, used. Yeah, okay, sure. And this really could be a podcast in and of itself. Sure. Uh, but... Um, I, I don't think this is any particular order exactly. Okay. But he plays this uh, Gibson Les Paul Access guitar. Mm. Uh, it's been back and forth. This is one of his main guitars over the year, but ever since he landed the uh, deal with Gibson for a signature Les Paul Access, the model became his undisputed favorite six string for both stage and studio. Mm-hmm. And it is the one he has seen the most with. Even, I mean, you don't see him as much with his Paul Reed Smiths or his other guitars no, as much. More. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, they're saying from 2011 to the present. Yes. So he teamed up with the, you know, with Gibson. Yeah, uh, as you do, if you can. Yes. Um, and they have already, I believe they already did an ES 355. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's move, let's move on. Um, Gibson, cause that guitar comes up. Okay. Gibson uh, EDS uh, 1275 yes. double neck. Now, yes. this is, you know, Jimmy yes. Page made great use out of this. Yes. And of course, Alex Lifeson did too. Sure, sure. Those effers are heavy. Yeah. Because I owned one for a week. <laughs> I owned for a week and I, I'm like, took it back and I'm like, it's too heavy. Give me a 58 reissue. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Um, it's a fun guitar though, but too heavy. Yeah. Um, but this is, um, yeah, I guess there's the, there's the cool factor, right? Um, it yeah. doesn't matter how skilled you are. If you're holding a double neck, you look like a guitar hero. Alex Lifeson knew mm-hmm. that and following in the footsteps of one of his favorite guitarists, Jimmy Page, he picked up, uh, uh, this double neck in 1976. Love the way the 12 strings sounded for certain songs, but being in a three-piece band, he couldn't give up the ability to play lead on six strings. Right. The solution was a double-necked guitar that had both. Mm. Lifeson's, Lifeson's main EDS-1275 is white and features humbuckers on both sides of the guitar. The neck pickup on the 12 string has a coil splitter that Lifeson installed himself. He wanted to be able to get a cleaner sound out of the 12 string, so he put the guitar under the soldering iron and chainsaw, as he said in an interview with Gibson. <laughs> uh, the EDS 1275 used uh, anytime Lifeson needs 12 string, most notably on the song Xanadu. Sure. That's a uh, one of their staples. Yes. Uh, his 1976 ES355. Oh, yes. Uh, after the demise of his prize 335, that uh, will get mentioned here in a minute. There's a sad story. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Lifeson swapped to using some of his Les Pauls and a new Fender Stratus and some Fender Stratus ca- Stratus casters. Stratus casters. Stratocasters. Those but two. there was a semi hollow uh, hole left in his heart. Um, 
so in 76, he uh, uh, took a tour of the Gibson factory in Kalamazoo. Mm. He saw this beautiful brand new ES355. He said he just had to have, so he bought it. He fell in love with it right away. Thought it looked so unique with its white uh, finish. And sound was incredible. Instantly became his primarily primary player. Uh, they graced both the stage and the studio for the next few years. Uh, it's uh, he still says it's one of his favorite guitars, even though he's not using it a lot right now. Mm. Uh, his '68 ES335. Oh, okay. We were just watching a video of him playing that guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so he had the, this when he was a kid. He had, they're referring to guitars that they don't talk about till later. So. I just give you some context. Yeah. The the Kenora, as I say that, was he was this like a student guitar. Oh yeah, that yeah His yeah, parents yeah, bought for him to yeah. learn on. Ugh. But uh, he <laughs> decided he needed a proper guitar before they went out on tour for their first tour. So he bought a '68-335. Unfortunately, at a show in '77, the band was opening for Blue Oyster Cult, and one of the horns fell off the PA oh, system. No. It smashed uh, into the prize '335 and his double neck. No. And it cracked the headstock, and the guitar had to be retired from touring after that. Wow. 74 Gibson Les Paul Standard, right? Aren't these the the Les Pauls that everybody says, P.U., right? Yeah, that's that era. You, the yeah, Norlin? Yeah, era, but maybe? guess what, dude? What? They're still as expensive as fuck. Hell yeah, they are. Uh, shortly after he bought his uh, proper guitar, Lifeson also picked up a 74 Les Paul Standard following Rush's first tour set in 76. The Les Paul and the 335 became his two primary players through the rest of the 70s and cemented his love for Gibson guitars, hollow bodies, and Les Pauls. Yeah. Uh, Fender uh, Stratocaster and the Hentor Sportscaster. Oh, Do you yes, know about this guitar? Yes, yes. Uh, big chunk of the 80s, uh, he used a mysterious guitar called the Hentor Sportscaster. It looked like a Stratocaster. <laughs> Uh, with a few stark differences, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, seeing such an unknown guitar rocket stage all over the world, guitar players everywhere were trying to figure out what the heck was this guy playing. Turns out the whole Hentor sportscaster thing was a bit of a joke. They really just modified a strat. <laughs> Tricky, isn't he? And named it after his uh, men, uh, his one of their managers, Peter Henderson. The Hentor. Yeah, and it was uh, the Hentor. Hentor. And he also another Gibson that he oh, was yeah, famous yeah. for for a while was the Howard Roberts, mm-hmm. which is a. Uh, I wish that was a peculiar guitar to play on a loud rock stage as a jazz box. Yeah. but uh, Ted Nugent was could make it work. You know, mm-hmm. Al, Alex Lifeson makes it work, and there's some other guitar players that seem to be able to pull that type of thing off. Yep. Yep. Uh, his signature Aurora. Oh. Which is uh, I always associate his '80s period with these this type of thing, mm-hmm. um, this you know super ordinary, strat, yeah, you know, these super strat kind of guitars. You know, uh, he really went from that really big, thick, you know, mm-hmm. cranked up, le- yeah. you know, Gibson through a, uh, a Marshall sound to this. I mean, dude, he was playing those little GK um, amp, uh, solid yeah, state amps, amplifiers, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know. He was. I think he was trying to find a way to f- fit in the pocket as Rush became more of a uh, synthesizer-oriented mm-hmm. band. Mm-hmm. They were for a lo- for several albums. Oh yeah, they were. But uh, after Counterparts, I think that it was. It was like 
they cranked the guitar up. Yeah, and they never really went back. Back to the basics. Yeah, yeah, they never went back after that. Uh, He also played uh, Paul Reed Smith guitars. He did. CE24. Yes. 1991. Uh, In the 90s, early 90s, Lifeson picked up a black CE24 uh, double cutaway, solid guitar with humbuckers. That's just like kind of go-to style. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said with the interview with Total Guitar, he said there's nothing uh, per- particular special about it, but that's 24 frets. I needed it for a song. There you go. Um, he uh, liked a certain pickup that he was using, and he had uh, Paul Reed Smith make him a two that have oh, okay. that pickup in it. There um, you go. This was, and I, have, and I, I have seen him recently playing a 52 uh, Fender oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Telecaster. But this is a relatively new, I think, I think for him. Um, because he's not, doesn't, I never really associated him with that guitar. You know, this must be some right. sneaky stuff he was doing here and there. Well, he does a lot of stuff on the, in the studio with it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. It doesn't make too many appearances on stage, but anyways, it's a 52 mm-hmm. uh, Telecaster uh, reissue, not an actual vintage 52. Right, right. Uh, doesn't make too many appearances on stage or in the studio, but it is one of his primary writing instruments. Okay, there you, there you are. Okay. And a lot of people say that, that they like to write on a Telecaster. I've, well, it's kind of interesting. A lot of country artists say that, you know. Yeah, yeah the, the 52, I've owned two 52s, and it has the old stock capacitor in there, and it's a very muddy sound. So even though I love the design of the guitar and how it plays, oh, I would you know, get it. I you know, you know what most people do? They take a pair of, the, yeah, of yeah. wire snips and just go and take it out of the circuit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would I would play it for that, a week or two and then decide I want to trade it on something. Well, they, what they were trying to do is compete with Gibson mm-hmm. and have a yeah, guitar yeah, that you can play jazz smooth, on. That real yeah, mellow. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Now, that Squire I have, perfect. Perfect tone. I love that Squire Telecaster. Yeah, my my uh, Highway One doesn't have that thing on there. Yeah. And I've heard too, if you take the chrome off of the pickup, that you do get a more a spankier kind of oh, okay. neck position sure, tele- sure. Uh, Stratocaster kind of sound. I like when you said spank. Um, but um, we could uh, we could go on and on sure. and on. Sure. This page uh, gets a little bit into amplifiers. He used. When I when I saw him on Snakes and Arrows, and uh-huh. I I knew that he had been using these amps for a while. He's the uh, Hughes and Kettner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So he had been and he had been using those for a, for a good oh, long yeah. time. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So that is uh, some of the highlights of his actual guitars. Let's talk about some um, Alex Lifeson songs. That okay. Alex, songs that he likes. Uh-huh. He did not write though. Right. These are right. you know songs that influenced him or he found he really enjoyed. Rain by the Beatles. Oh, interesting. Um Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Oh, a favorite of his. All right. Pink Floyd appeared more prominent than Rush when it comes to commercial success, but overall they're among the greatest prog bands you could ever find. For Alex Lifeson, that's another term to describe them, but it's still a serious uh, aspect of Pink Floyd. Um, I've seen All Good People by, by yes. yes. Okay, okay. Uh, couldn't hide his affirmation yeah. for the band. Uh, inside Rush's progressive approach to music, you could see the influence of Yes on different angles. Mm-hmm. I can get no satisfaction by the Stones. Lifeson uh, agrees that the Stones riff mm-hmm. is uh, truly life changing. I remember running out and buying a single. <laughs> My Generation by The Who. 
mm-hmm. calling uh, the man his favorite among the many. It's quite mm-hmm. obvious. Obvious. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Spoonful by Cream. I remember it was the first songs that I actually sat down and figured out on the figured out the guitar solo. The um, interesting. Uh, how many more times by Led Zeppelin? This is mm. a cool jam. After uh, a period of getting lost, too many styles from musicians. Lifeson found his panache on Led Zeppelin's. How many more times? Uh, gone are the basic riffs that he'd learned from the others, and he embraced a more mature uh-huh. one from Jimmy Page. Yeah, Riders on the Storm by The mm-hmm. Doors. Of all the bands Rush could associate with, The Doors might be the bottom of their list. However, there's no stopping his love for the band. They were such a unique man, Lifeson recalled. Mm-hmm. Mississippi Queen, My Mountain. Oh, interesting. Where did Lifeson get his inspiration to play heavy, distorted guitar riffs? Mountain. Hmm. Uh, Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. You oh, know there would be Hendrix yes, standing yes. on the, you know. Uh, that was a seminal moment for a, a lot of musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, you got to realize, man, within a few years of each other, the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, right. Eric Clapton, like all these people like all happened to sit the same. Yeah. It's all just kind of, you know, within a few years of each other. I mean, <clears throat> and they, they're... It wasn't just a fad. I mean, like, right? these are the guys that where people are still, like, studying their music. It's just really, really interesting. Yes. Um, so you would imagine Alex. Uh, of course he's going to pick that this a, up. From, from yeah. that era, you know, you know, I'm sure he did, he did that. And I do know, too, that they really uh, all liked contemporary music. Whatever, you know, they were, mm-hmm. they had their oh, ear yeah. to the ground as to yeah. what was going on, you know, for sure. Um Mr. Pittsburgh. Yes. Is there anything else you would like to add before we? There's, I mean, oh, got, you know, I mean, yeah. we didn't get into every nook and cranny yeah, about, but yeah, but, but you know, his, we'll Alex's like, personal and, life and all that. But. Right, right, right. So here is my connection with Alex. Uh, years and years and years ago, there was a there was a uh, a website called MySpace. Remember MySpace? Oh yeah. And I met a guy by the name of James Conway, and we Jimmy Conway, Jimmy Conway. And we uh, had both had a love for Rush, and he goes, you know, I I know Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Well, it turns out James is a, uh, a musician up in Michigan, and yeah, he knew Alex. You know, it was right around, right across the border from Canada and whatnot, and Rush would tour and stuff like that, and he'd get to talk to them. He says, matter of fact, I'm going to give you uh, Alex's MySpace page. He goes, now he doesn't go by Alex Lyson. He goes by his real name, the Jino, that guy, that one, okay. right? So I go to, I'm like, all right, whatever, sure. Okay, right. So I go to the MySpace page, and sure enough, it's got a picture of him. And I go to his photos, and those are photos of him and Rush and whatnot that I've never seen before and have not seen since. I'm like, huh. So I send him a friend request. I think that's what you did back in the day, and whatnot and so i get an email from whoever's running this website say this alex how you doing oh by the way jimmy had vetted this website because he knew alec so he emailed okay. whoever was running the red uh, the the website the the myspace page and asked specific questions really basically only alec would know okay and he whoever this was knew them like he, his dad's middle name you know, stuff like that. Like All very right. obscure stuff, right? Okay. So I get this uh get this uh you know, message or email from whoever this Alec is, and maybe it was him, maybe it wasn't, I don't know for sure. 
And um, this, on MySpace, you could post your own music. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So I had a couple of my songs on there that I had recorded and sung myself. And Alex is like, you know, I really like that song uh, last night on your on your uh, page. Would you mind if I put it on my page? <laughs> Damn. Okay. Really? So put it on the page. And I was like so excited. Oh, my gosh. I should have like screenshotted all that stuff. But I did stupid back then. And it's so, harder to screenshot too. Like screenshotting yeah. is nothing now. But there was like you need back to in the day, pull down the K, press this, the, yeah, this yeah, and right. you know put your toe on the screen. Yeah. So the next day it it's gone. Somebody else's music's up, right? So I talked to Jimmy about this. Jim James Conway. He goes, yeah, he's uh, he'll like feature one of his friends or whatever on MySpace one a day, and that's really cool. He let you, you know, or you you know he played your song. I'm like that's so cool. And then after about two, three weeks, the MySpace was gone. So I contact James. I'm like, what's going on? Where's this, uh, where's Alex, uh, MySpace? He goes, well, I wonder that too. So I emailed him and he said that his management was mad that he was playing unsolicited music on his MySpace and they gave him all kind of hell. So rather than deal with that, he just took it down. So I don't know if it was really Alex or not, but my song was featured on the basically Alex Life's in MySpace page for one uh, day. Well, there is one more thing I want to talk about before yes. we. That's an amazing story. That's really cool. And I'm just going to go with that was actually Alex Life's because why mm-hmm. wouldn't it be? Um, right, Jimmy. Like, we we've yeah, you we and I J- both J- I think we Jim, know James, and he's on the up and up. Yeah, I think he's a totally yeah. like he's just exactly. He presents himself exactly as he is. I don't. Oh yeah. yeah. So I would exactly. have no. Yeah. So James in my Conway, mind, that's a, he, that you you interact with Alex Lifeson. Yeah, yeah. You, you that's lucky really cool. Fucking bastard. Yeah. Um. So let's. But I wanted you want to do like a little play a snippet of um. Some snippets from his solo album. Okay, yeah, yeah. From 1996. I like this record. I, I have do too. I, I, have, I have it, it on yeah. CD, yeah. Yep. Today. Oh, I like this riff. Oh, yeah. 
That's a lot like the Led Zeppelin song. Mm-hmm. And you can tell too, it's not Rush, but it's definitely Alex. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. Hear, I want to hear. I like this one. Where is it? Shut up, shutting up. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, here's a sense of humor. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit of his little sampling of what he did. He released that in 1996. Um, I don't know who paid for that because <laughs> it sounds is I, is I like it because it's Alex Lifeson. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think that there's some like cool moments in there. But I also got the impression it feels extremely self indulgent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean. Like I think he's even admitted that in, in interviews afterwards. But it's like I mean. It's cool. It's yeah. totally cool. Yeah, it's totally sure. cool. It's like, and the fans love it. Uh-huh. That's really what that was for. Exactly. But um, I, it just, I just made me kind of wonder, like, because they couldn't have thought like any of that was gonna like make the radio. Yeah, and, you know yeah. what I mean. So <laughs> big so, hits. Yeah. So they probably, yeah. you know, there's a few Rush nerds that'll buy it. Well, it's the same with with Getty solo. I'm gonna have to listen now. to that. I've listened yeah. to that. So, all right, guys, Woo. that's it, man. Alex Lifeson, we love you. I hope that they do something. I don't think they can do Rush. Right. But I think that him and Getty should like do something. Do something. Yeah. Go play. Dave Grohl would put a band together with them tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah he, he loves everyone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely. Cool, man. All right, guys. Uh, LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. And uh, let, shoot us a message and let us know if this is something you like. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we can do more. We, we're going to just kind of, we've just been kind of following our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sound something that interested us. So we thought there's got to be folks out there that are interested in it. So, uh, if you have a, a specific rush topic you'd like us to cover, let us know. Let us know. Um, you know, otherwise we'll just kind of do what we think we've been doing. That's right. That's yeah. it. 
Um, LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Check it out. RockRageRadio.com. Download the free app. And don't forget to find out all about Wolf's Customs on social media where you can get custom artwork done on your musical instrument. Mr. Pittsburgh, is there anything you'd like to add before we boogie-oogie-oogie all night long on out of here? No. <laughs> well, I was just thinking like, how, you know, I, you know, I don't know if you know this about me. Hey, you know me. I, I loves me the less Paul and I consider a name all the reasons why I do. But Alex is also one of them. He played a, uh, I think it might've, might've been in the liner notes of, uh, all the world's a stage, but it was a beautiful tobacco burst. Um, Les Paul. In yeah, that picture. was at 74 or whatever yeah, that we yeah, were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. And I think that's why I like Honey Burst so much, because it's very much like a tobacco burst. Sweet Honey Burst, mom. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, iced tea burst or Honey Burst? Tobacco tobacco Burst is a little too dark for me. I um, I, did you watch um, no? well, the um, video that I sent you um, about Rick Derringer? No, I want to go watch it. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. It's right up your alley. You will lose your mind. He's on my playlist. Every morning I get to hear rock and roll hoochie cue. You will will lose your mind when you hear the story about this this explorer. Oh, man. (laughs) It's fucking fucking great. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I I wanted to let you know about... uh, um, that there are some other guitar things that I would like to cover with all y'all out oh, there, no. but um, maybe we'll pick it up on uh, another time. But I wanted to make sure that you did. Um, yeah, I'll go back and watch that. I'll watch that tonight before I go to bed. It's super fun. Okay. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. And if there's nothing else, nope, that's it. We'll catch you all in the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. See ya.